Welcome to another episode of Becoming Referrable, the podcast that helps you be the kind of advisor people can't stop talking about. I'm Julie Littlechild, and on this week's show, Steve and I are joined by Todd Fithian for the second time. Now, Todd is the founder of the Legacy Companies, and it's a firm that provides training, consulting, and coaching for advisors, and his role focuses on vision and leadership for the team. He has over two decades of experience in this industry as a, and is also the author of two books, including the best-selling The Right Side of the Table. So we talked to Todd about the legacy financial advice model, and it's an approach that he believes will be nothing short of revolutionary in terms of client engagement and relationships. He explains how this model focuses on a deeper understanding of the value that clients want instead of jumping right into solutions. And we discuss an important difference between planning and advice and his views on why planning by itself isn't a differentiator. And finally, we examine the skills that advisors will need to develop in order to differentiate themselves and become more referable. And with that, let's get straight to our conversation with Todd. Well, Todd, welcome back to Becoming Referrable. Yeah, welcome, Todd. Thanks for having me. Happy to be back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the first time you were on, uh, it was such a great conversation. We really wanted to get you back, so we're thrilled that you're here. Um, Maybe you can just start us off with a quick update on the work that you've been doing lately. Yeah, thank you. I'd love to. You know, it's... COVID's presented some uh, some interesting challenges. I think uh, you know both in our business and um, and in the advisory world, and and really you know challenges that we've seen uh, ways in which to kind of turn into opportunities. A couple of things have shown up that have have caused us to really um, you know uh, help advisors address. Number one is you know simply the way that advisors have been used to meeting people and interacting with people, finding those new prospects has totally changed. Um, you know, in this in this world, right, in this new environment where we can't get out and be face to face. Then secondly, um, you know, just relationship has become more important in this time where even with their existing clients, they actually can't get out and meet with them and see them and do the annual reviews or whatever it is they were doing the way that they did. And so, you know, they find themselves asking, is is our relationship um you know, as good as we thought it was or needed to be. So a lot of those things have been in question. You know, the last year has been us really partnering and teaming with that community and helping them to meet people more powerfully in this COVID world and also really just understand relationship and how to connect with people even in this virtual world. So we've been doing a lot of things as a response to COVID in this new virtual environment, but um, we've, we've seen great results uh, with advisors, businesses growing, um, actually some growing immensely, even during this, you know, challenging time. So, you know, that's been a bit of the shift for us and, and, and uh, just a dialed in focus, um, you know, on, on what's really happening in their businesses and what matters to them. It's interesting because I hear um, so many people talk about the, the, the pivots and the response to COVID and it usually ends up with a statement like, but these have always been good principles, right? I mean, do you, do, you, <laughs> right. do you find that as well, that it's just more of a heightened sense of what we need to do? Yeah, I think, you know, when business is business is as normal, you know, a lot of times, you know what it's like, you get your head down, you get into the business and, 
and you're you're working in that business. I, I think this this time has caused people where they've got maybe more time to think than they ever have before that they're kind of, I think, just up and looking that, yeah, these are good principles, but they're just becoming more front and center and they're becoming more aware of them at this point in time. And, and I think that's that's the difference that we're seeing, that people are more aware of how good is my relationship and what are the things that I can do to be better? You know, so that's that's something that's totally shown up. Yeah. yeah so, Todd, how, how much of this do you think how much of this is um, is uh, responses, feedback that they're getting from clients that make them ask those questions? And how much of it is is just breaking the complacency or, as you said, just the being a distraction from from being in the in the day to day groove? You know, it's a good question. And, and I think the reality is, is and you're seeing this like I am, I'm sure, is that there's at the same time of COVID happened, and there's all this regulatory pressure and there's all these changes that are happening amongst the industry, right? There's, there's a lot of feedback that's also coming back, you know, from consumers about they, what they want and what they're expecting from the advisor relationship. And so I think it's really the culmination of all of these things, you know, coming together at the same time. Advisors are reporting to me, I have all these new disclosures and things that I have to, um, you know, uh, you know, now have clients signed to be able to do business and things. But, you know, I guess the real thing goes back to the fact that COVID has really, I think, driven what the regulation is, is about and trying to drive, if that makes sense. It, it's kind of brought it to the forefront because now they're like, wow, we, we, we actually can't get out and meet and see the people that we're used to getting out and meeting and seeing. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, you you actually developed a, a model, um, the legacy advice model, and I think that ties into a lot of what you're seeing. Can you give us a quick overview of what that is? Yeah, exactly. You know, this is, um, you know, what, what the models comprise of has been the basis of our work at Legacy for years. However, you know, in this period of time, we were actually doing a large project for, uh, you know, a Canadian organization. And it caused us to really think about what we're doing and what we're teaching and what's happening in the world and and things around us. And it, the the outcome of that ended up being this legacy advice model. And and, and what the model consists of is uh, is is there's there's stages um, that basically comprise, you know, come together to comprise what we're looking at as advice or what we're defining as advice. And the foundational stage of this is really focus on empathy. And, and the, the empathy stage is all about, you know, where the advisor needs to bring, you know, this, this level of deep care and respect for, you know, what the clients want and the vision that the client has for the future. Um, this, this is not something, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. We'll get into kind of the empathy conversation later, but I'll, I'll kind of just talk about the stages. The second stage is really about this, um, this level of understanding where the focus is about understanding, you know, the, the client's situation and having appreciation and understanding for their circumstances, the things that are actually impacting what it is they want. The, the third stage of this is actually planning. And this is probably the most controversial part of our process. And, and I know we'll get into it today or, or, or of our advice model is that we're actually making planning just a stage in this, but not the whole entire thing. Right. And and uh, and I think that's kind of the interesting point. But, you know, planning from our standpoint brings in both the quantitative and the qualitative elements 
of the client relationship, what the client wants, and then, you know, obviously modeling and things from that nature forward. But the premise is, is that advice, right, really requires all three of these things um, to be able to deliver the best advice and what we're calling world-class advice. The advisor has to leave with empathy so that they can then get further understanding, then they can apply that to the planning and that allows them to be in the best position to deliver that world-class advice to their clients. And so maybe distinguishing to some extent between planning and advice, I mean, that might sound obvious, but I'm, I'm not sure it is. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I think, listen, the, the obvious is, is that every financial advisor that I sit down with or that, you know, that we talk with is, you know, w- would say, you know, that we're delivering advice. Um, you know, that what we do is we, we're advisors, we deliver advice. However, when, when you look at how they deliver that advice, the, the focal point of the delivery of that advice is a plan, right? And when you talk about advisors, about what makes you different, right? What are the tools and things that you bring to that relationship to differentiate? It's all around planning. And so when we look at advice, advice is the outcome that comes through, through great planning, right? It, it, it's, it's the ability for the advisor to bring their knowledge, wisdom, and expertise to now advising the client based upon what they learned in the plan. We're also saying that Planning isn't enough. And the fact that planning for most still today, it's rampant. It is very quantitative based. Even if you look at the tools and the resources and the financial planning uh, tools that are out there and available to advisors, it's very uh, quantitative based. And it's missing that key element of the qualitative, right? Which, you know, our model around the empathy and the understanding brings that, um, you know, front and center into play for the client. So, the real difference is, is that, the, you know, the planning is a key component of allowing the advisors to be, you know, have that additional layer and level of information to be able to provide that advice. And, and that's really the difference in our eyes. And so I, I can imagine um, advisors who are real planning oriented, people who do, you know, take planning seriously and, and focus their business on planning. Um saying that they give advice because they're doing planning. So can you give us a uh, sort of an example of what you're talking about so we can distinguish between between planning and, and what you're now considering to be advice? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I first want to say that for those that have been doing planning and we, we have clients that have been doing planning for, you know, for 30, 40 years in this business, right? However, th- their world's getting a lot busier and trickier right now because part, part of like our, our business is about helping financial advisors grow. Right. And so seeing the direction, the changes and the shifts that they need to make based upon what's happening around them. And one of the things for somebody that's been doing this for a long time is uh, is is about how do you differentiate yourself from this growing pack? Everybody who's been in sales transactional models is now either saying or being forced to say that I'm a planner. Right. And so they're moving into this space and it's becoming super, super busy for those that have been in this, and this has been a profession and, and something that they've got expertise around. But when, when I think about an, an example, right, it's, you know, an example to your, to your question here is that, you know, most advisors are presenting 
their advice and delivering their advice based upon the, the plan in of itself. And so if a client, you know, has a dream for retirement that looks like X, Y, or Z, they're going into the plan and they're printing, they're presenting off of the Monte Carlo or looking at the asset allocation and the things that need to happen in order for that client to get where it is they want to get to. What we've seen is that that's not really where the client wants to get to. That's not what the client wants to see. What they want to know is that the planning supports the advice that the advisor is driving. And so advice is about how that advisor guides them on the journey that they want to be on. And that's the difference when instead of just simply presenting out of a plan and the numbers and looking at the quantitative evidence, it's about bringing that qualitative evidence that really makes this more advice than it does just simply, you know, quantitative evidence around a plan. And what does that, that make sense? Oh, well, I was sort of interested in digging in on the, the guidance that you referred to on, on that journey. So what does that look like as distinct from the plan? So, you know, what, what we're really trying to get into, and this goes to the, the primary stages of the advice model, which is, um, you know, which is around the empathy and the understanding. And, you know, listen, I, I might have said this before when we when we talked last time, it's that, you know, every advisor that I talk to, every advisor you talk to or listening into this, um, you know, this, this podcast, everyone's talking about goals and objectives, right? I mean, everyone's getting it, the, the, the base level of these conversations with clients. The, the flaw in that, though, Julie, is that it presumes that when clients show up in that discussion or prospective clients, that they actually have a level of clarity around what it is they want and what they want that to look like, right? Everyone's talking about goal-based planning, goal-based investing, or, or just everything being driven off of the goals. And, and that's a faltering premise because what we've recognized over the last almost three decades now is that clients are not clear on what it is they want. And the, the advisor has to then have the ability to draw that out of them. And, and that, again, this, this becomes this area of how we're advising them, because if when they show up, they, they have an idea. I mean, obviously, successful people, established people have an idea of how they want things to be. But we, we don't sit in our, our lives and our homes and have these discussions as families, really, you know, at, at a level of getting clear on exactly what we want and how we want things to be. And so the advisor's ability to draw that out of people to be able to have that conversation, to make it clear, make it concrete is a very different type of experience. So the one thing is people don't show up with a level of clarity around that. And secondly, the advisor can't superimpose the goals that the client should have or they think that the client should have for themselves, right? It, it's a skill set where the advisor has to have the capabilities to draw that actually out of them. And, and this is a real differentiator in what is actually advice, because now you're advising them on truly what matters to them and what's important to them. Hey, it's Steve. We'll get back to the show in just a minute, but first I'd like to make you an offer. Every week I send out a tip or an idea to help you become more referable. It might be something I picked up during an advisory board meeting. It might be an idea from one of our amazing guests. Every other week I announce a new interview on the podcast, so never miss an episode. Or maybe it's something I picked up from a new research report and I deliver it right to your inbox. Would you like to become a little more referable each week? Then send an email to steve at theclientdrivenpractice.com and I'll even throw in my latest alert, five reasons you need to listen to your clients now 
before someone else does. Just put five reasons in the subject line. That's steve at theclientdrivenpractice.com and put five reasons in the subject line. And I'll send you your free guide right away and then a little tip about how to become more referable every week. Now, back to the show. I'm, I'm often um, surprised, I, I guess is the right word, when I'm talking to uh, great advisors doing great work in successful businesses, how, um, how difficult having these conversations still is, how it still feels like a new skill that has to be learned. I mean, do you, do you find that? And and here I'm thinking of just what you were talking about, drawing things out, putting money in context, understanding what's getting in the way. I, you know, I, I think it's a really challenging conversation. Um, and, and it's a different type of skill set. You know, there's some advisors, however, that have these skills and they have them naturally. And and we Mm. see them and we run into them from time to time. Like they're just gifted at this and they don't even know they're doing it. They do it unconsciously. Um, but there's uh, this is a different skill set that you need to understand. And, and, and again, for us, we believe that these are the types of skill sets for this advisor of the future. The planning world is, is getting busier and busier and busier every day. And so if planning is one of the core things that you bring to relationships, how are you going to stand out in that competitive arena? right? How are you going to be able to express what you do is different, but also deliver on it and demonstrate it. And so, you know, we, we've done a lot of work, as I think you both know, you know, in the, uh, you know, relationship systems, right? The family systems, the, uh, you know, the, the neuropsychology. I mean, this is a big basis for the work that we've done over the years, all towards helping advisors, you know, develop the skills, the questions, to really engage in these types of conversations and facilitate it. Last thing I'll say about it is, Julia, it's, it's actually not, it, it can be scary, but it's it's actually not that difficult. Like this isn't about you no longer being an advisor and all of a sudden being a psychologist. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just not that way, but I think sometimes it comes across that way. It does. That's, I think, one of the fears is, yeah. I don't know what to say. I hear the, I ask the question. I'm not sure what to say <laughs> when they tell me the answer. You, you know, and it's, I, I have advisors that tell me when we show up for meetings, it's like, we've called the meeting, we've created the need for this meeting. And so, you know, we, we, we've got to run the meeting and, and therefore they feel like they need to drive and they need to talk and they need to lead. However, right. really what we're talking about here is, is giving people simply a space to kind of think through and talk about, you know, what it is that's important to them and what matters to them. The difference in this, right? Where, where we help them arrive at it and we might actually lead them towards some things versus them getting the aha around how they want things to be in the future and what they want that to look like. The engagement of the client in that moment is dramatically different, right? One, we're leading and one, they're inspired, they're driving, they're excited about actually accomplishing something that they're now clear on that they haven't been previously. Now, do you see, so Todd, in your model, you have, um, you know, empathy, understanding, planning, and then advice. Um, But are you talking about more of a difference in the first two steps, empathy and understanding? Because it sounds more like that than than than, than that you're sort of tacking this new fourth step advice on top. Do I have that right? 
Yeah, totally. I mean, planning is planning. Like I'm, I'm a huge believer in planning and I, I want to make that really clear in this, right? All, all of my clients are planners. They're delivering, right? Their version of a plan. I believe every consumer out there needs a plan, but it's, it's also, you know, I also, you know, it's a matter of, of when, right? Like when's the right time that that, that they need that. But you're, you're totally right in the fact that what we're, what we're stacking on are these other two components, right? That empathy and that understanding. It, 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 again, I go back to the regulation. I go back to, you know, the CFP board of standards and all the things that are happening there, right? It's, it's, they're all trying to figure out this whole best interest of clients and how are we ensuring that the recommendations and the guidance or advice we're giving is in alignment with what's in the best interest of these people and what I would say, what they want, right? And so, these are add-ons to that planning process that allow that advisor to be in a much better place to deliver and kind of guide that world-class advice. So yeah, absolutely. These are kind of add-on approaches and skills that need uh, to be developed as we see it for that advisor in the future that wants to grow and have great success. So many advisors that I talk to who are really planning oriented, I mean, you know, they, we ask about their, I, I think you're right that, that the key here is differentiation and, and the ability to um, communicate to people how this is different um, and how they'll benefit more. Um, and so many of the planning uh, oriented advisors that I speak to, you know, say things like we listen deeply, we, we, you know, we, we, we come to understand your goals, you know, those kinds of things. So how, how would, uh, how would this be different from, uh, from what those advisors are saying. I want to be careful with how I answer this one because there are some amazing advisors out there doing amazing things. Okay. So first and foremost, the other side of it is, is what I often ask people to do is, is to step outside of these conversations that you're leading and facilitating and, and really take an outside perspective and look at exactly how those interactions and meetings are going. And when I, when I really challenge an advisor and a team to show me, to, to deliver that experience to me, to show me how that experience goes, I, I find that it's actually not what they perceive it to be. And that's a very, you know, it's a very challenging thing for me to say, but I've also, I've earned that right because I've been around this business 30 years helping people do it, what I believe to be the right way. And so I think that there's a, there's a perception of we're doing certain things a certain way, creating a certain experience. And then there's the reality that that might not be necessarily true. There are outliers where I started with this thing saying that there are people that have committed to this and are, are super talented in it. But I, I think everybody can get better at it, um, no doubt about it. And, uh, and this is a chance to kind of step back and say, are we really doing this and how do we know and, uh, and, and what's that look like? And I can see, I can definitely see a differentiation between maybe, Steve, what you're calling a, a really solid planning-oriented advisor who, who goes deep, who has all of the requisite skills, who combines all aspects of someone's life and does, you know, does all of the right things, but maybe isn't as skilled in drawing out and inspiring at the front end. You know, I can see how those can coexist. 
Sure, sure. Well, and, and actually, you know, what, what I'm thinking is that there are probably a lot of advisors out there who could benefit from this thing that Todd is talking about, mm -hmm. but who say things like, you know, we listen to, you know, they, they, they sort of say some of the things that, that Todd is referring to, but I have a feeling that what Todd is actually talking about is something beyond that. So, mm -hmm. Todd, is there a question or two that an advisor could ask of themselves or of their process to help them understand whether, you know, whether they're really getting, you know, getting into that empathy and understanding or if they could do more work there and, and realize a benefit? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I, you know, a couple of things I would think about is, you know, is, is looking at your process today, right? One of the things that I see literally, you know, if, if I saw, if I saw 10 plans or 10 planning processes, I would see this nine out of 10, if not 10 out of 10 times where there's this executive summary or this, you know, kind of discovery letter, many call it. And, and, and I kind of bring this up as reference because one, one of the things I would do and the question I would say is re really look at your process, right? Are you really reflecting back to that client what you heard that matters to them, right? Or is this where you see you can help them or where you see you need to guide them or take them, right? These discovery letters or these executive summaries that I see all the time are, are really nothing more than a pre-setup of the gaps that the client has and the things that they're going to suggest down the road that the client needs to do or change in their current situation. And, and so I would look at that because what we're talking about, right, and the difference in this empathy and understanding piece is helping somebody get clear on what it is they really want and getting them to articulate that and document that and feeding that back to them to say, here's what we heard you say. Did we hear you right? Because this is what we're going to base everything off of. So that, that, would be, that would be one thing, right, that I would say, look at your process, reflect back. How are we ensuring that we're actually hearing and honoring what our clients are saying to us, right? And, and making sure that they're affirming that, right? That would be clearly one piece. Um, you know, the second, the second piece I'd look at is, is the approach meeting, the starting meeting, what we call the approach talk meeting. The, the first time when they sit down with somebody in the meeting, what's the strategy around that? You know, how much time are we actually spending leading and talking and how much time are we are we actually allocating to listening? And go back and look at your last five approach meetings that you had and, and, and look in the mirror and be truthful about what's the allocation of time that you're spending there. What I find is most don't bring a strategy into that first or foremost. So they don't have a beginning and end that they prepare for and plan for and strategize around as they come into it. So all of those meetings tend to look a bit different. But the other side of it is, is that they tend to lead by building credibility. Let me tell you about us. Let me tell you about my team. Let me tell you about the results that we've gotten for other people, for other clients, things of that nature. And we look at this as very much a process of getting people to open up and talk about where they are and what challenges they're faced with or what opportunities they want to pursue. So we look at the allocation of time as much more, uh, much heavier guided towards the client or prospective client speaking as opposed to us kind of leading and trying to build credibility, if that makes sense. So, I mean, those would be a couple of things that I would look at in my business to say, are we doing this? Can we do this better? Um, you know, as we think about the future.
One of the things that strikes me, um, and this is maybe not unique to our industry, but it might be, is that a lot of what you're talking about is experienced. Um, you know it once you've been through it. But how do you recommend, or do you go down this path, advisors talk about this to prospective clients so that it's clear it actually is different? You know, it's, um, I mean, I think the first starting point in this is that you got to, you got to, you know, it's, you got to see that you can grow and you got to see that you can evolve. I mean, if, if you don't have that mindset in your business, right, you're probably just going to continue doing what it is you're doing. But, you know, it's, I, I think the, the smart advisors are evaluating client relationships and how are they doing, right? And, and how can we be doing better? And are there things that we can be doing better? And I think some of the ways in which they do that, you can learn about ways in which you can serve clients better and, and what they want to hear more from you. But I think at the other side of it is, is uh, when you think about annual reviews with clients, it's, it's, um, it's just being able to have the bold conversations and, uh, and, and, and talking about ways in which you want to expand the relationship and the things that you want to know about the client. So I don't know if that really, uh, I don't know if that answers the question that you were asking, but well, you know, just, I think we have to be in tune with our clients and what they want. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, I'm just wondering about this challenge of communicating that so that if I go to five different websites and I see we talk about your goals and yeah. objectives and it's usually a sailboat, then how do I know you <laughs> really mean that versus somebody who kind of means yeah. that? You know, it's just, it feels like, I can imagine for advisors, this must feel like an impossible challenge because in their hearts, they're thinking, no, we do it differently. Or, or, or even more than that, Julie, um, they say, yeah, well, I say that stuff already, you know, so, yeah. so help yeah. us understand. Cause I, cause Todd, you mentioned it before and, and it's you know, the key here is differentiation. So, you know, I like Julie is asking how, how, if, if, if an advisor really embraces this model and, and they, they go beyond just the quantitative planning and then they meet somebody who, you know, would be a good client for them, what, what kinds of things do they say to differentiate themselves from, you know, the increasingly large portion of the profession who says, I do planning? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, number one, our model, which we haven't really launched in the marketplace, like th this is a what I didn't really see this as being, and I shared the model with you all, but you know, this advice legacy advice model, but every advisor in our community that we're teaching to engage and act this way is saying, can I have that model? Like, can we put that model on our website? Can we use that to express that to clients? Because it is a story and it is a way to kind of engage and tell a different type of story. But I love what you're saying because I don't even want to get down a rabbit hole of websites. Like I don't even want to get started going. Down there, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, we could do a know, whole podcast series. Yeah, there. exactly. Listen, the, the, the thing comes down to, you know, creating an experience in these interactions. You know, we talk with advisors all the time right now about, you know, right now is a tough time to be meeting people. These things are happening over the phone and on zoom. And how do you really create a definable difference that you're different? You know, I think I talked about it in our last podcast, you know, that 65% of the world around the three of us, around all these advisors are visual processors, okay? Visual processors. So if they can't paint a picture based upon what you're seeing, and obviously if they go to your website, they see a picture, but if you're on the phone with them and they can't paint a picture based upon what you're saying, 
then you're going to have a hard time connecting with those people. The other 30%, so there's 5% left over that are kinesthetic, but the other 30% are audio processors. So the words. So going back to your point is you have to be so spot on when you have these moments, whether it's on the phone or on a Zoom, to be able to tell your story in a way that it's differentiating. You have to be able to demonstrate it and make it tangible for people. So in our last podcast, I, I got to imagine I mentioned our concept around the planning horizon, right? The planning horizon is a thing that tees up this whole advice model, right? Which is you draw that line across the middle of the paper and it divides the realms that are above and below. And the realms below are all around the strategies, the tactics and the tools. Really, for me, that's that's somebody who is just focusing on, you know, the products, the services, more of a sales transactional type model. Right. And I would even argue some that are in the planning world getting into that realm pretty quickly. What we talk about in the planning horizon up above that planning horizon is around the, the client's values. What is it that they value? What's the vision they have for the future? And what are the goals that are going to move them closer and closer towards that? Right. So your ability to articulate something like that is a difference to say, listen, Mr. Or Mrs. Client, we, we want to have a different type of conversation. We want to help you to understand that and see that. Right. That needs to become tangible. It needs to be real. And those are the types of things that we teach, even to the extent where today in this world, people are on the phone with a lot of people. And what I'm trying to help them understand and we help them understand is those people are trying to get off of that phone call in most cases as quick as they possibly can. Because they're not oftentimes looking to hire or engage another financial advisor or get, you know, more advice or planning. They've, they've got those people in their world. And so you need to be able to quickly differentiate the fact that we're going to have a different type of conversation. And, you know, that, that is, in fact, one of the best and easiest, quickest ways to do that and get that prospect actually drawing out this model on the other side of the phone. That, that's an amazing act of that visual processor where you can actually walk them through, verbalizing them through actually drawing out this model and this difference while you're on the phone with them. And I, I can't believe the connections um, that people get when they do that. It's maybe even more powerful than the advisor sitting there and doing a whiteboard presentation or a PowerPoint presentation. Them visualizing it while they're drawing it out themselves is maybe even more important. So I love a good framework, me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so how, do, how does this all connect in your mind, Todd, to referrals? How does this make an advisor more referable? You know, I, I, here's the thing is that, you know, when you create the experience, right, what the outcome of this, the, the, the outcome we're seeing and the outcome that's possible for advisors listening to this is that, People leave every interaction. Clients, prospects leave every interaction with you saying, wow, that wasn't what I was expecting. Wow, that was a great meeting. Wow, that was a great conversation. When you're creating an experience in an environment and a relationship like that, that's being reinforced, reinforced all the way through, these people become raving fans. These are the people that talk about you because they cannot help but to talk about you. And, and again, you know, going back to the model around just around planning, the empathy and the understanding piece is the thing that is not happening to the degree that it needs to and should be in this business, right? The planning is rampant, 
right? It's everywhere. It's all over the place. But the advisor's ability to just hone in their skills around being more empathetic when engaging in the early stages and, and maintaining it all the way through and, and, and really taking the time to get the understanding of the circumstances for this client. You're going to know this client better than anybody else in their circle, clearly their advisory circle. And in the end, they are going to be the ones that are willing and able to talk about you in a very, very favorable way. That makes a, a lot of sense. And hey, just before we wrap up, where where can advisors uh, learn more about the work you're doing? Because I feel like um, we're going to leave people hanging and they're going to want to know more. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And, um, you know, the easiest way, you know, go to our website, um, which is just think-legacy.com. Um, you know, you can go there. We've got a, a right fit survey that you can fill out to find out if, you know, if the things we're doing are, are are going to be beneficial and helpful for you in your business. Um, you know, that'd be the easiest and best way. Schedule some time with us. Let's talk further about the model and the things that we're doing and what you're doing in your business. And uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, we just, we love to be in conversations with advisors. So um, we, we do, and we don't have time to get into it today, but one of the things I would just tell folks to keep on the lookout for is in April, we're going to be launching something that we call the Legacy Advisor Growth Journey. And it, it basically takes into all the considerations that the advisor needs to think about in their business from building a marketing plan to building a, a business that you can succeed from and build a legacy around. Um, and, uh, and so we're going to be launching that out in April. We're super excited about it. And, um, you know, so hopefully people will come check that out. That's yeah. terrific. Well, th yeah, that's great. Ned, Todd, this is really good stuff. Thanks so much for coming back and joining us again. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for the opportunity and always good to be with the two of you. Hey folks, Steve again. Thanks for joining us on Becoming Referrable. If you like what you've been hearing, please do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really helps. You can get all the links, show notes, and other tidbits from these episodes at becomingreferrable.com. You can also get our free report, Three Referral Myths That Limit Your Growth, and connect with our blogs and other resources. So until next time, so long.